Welcome back. It's getting near the end of the season. It is state tournament week here on Wisconsin Prep Hockey. Mike Hammond along with our full panel tonight. And uh, we got plenty of stuff to talk about with the state tournament this week, and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, right now, we're just going to get to our players of the week. And Burglar got a couple winners, uh, boys and girls. A couple kids really had some uh, fine weeks. Thanks, MJ. Our boys player of the week we'll do first. Uh, he's a goalie, plays for Nina Hortonville Menasha. His name is Jake Mark, and he did, well, just about everything you could ask a goalie to do during the three games in the tournament, and that is he pitched three shutouts. Uh, Jake Mark stopped all 20 shots he faced in their 5 nothing win over Fox Cities. He's, he was 18 for 18 in uh, their 5 nothing win over De Pere. And on Friday night in the sectional final against Notre Dame Academy, he stopped all 19 shots sent at him. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so for that, uh, Jake Mark, goaltender, Nina Hortonville-Manash, our boys player of the week. On the girls' side, we went with offense. Uh, Hudson, a forward, Sidney Hendricks, had four assists in Hudson's 11-2 win over Superior. She had four goals in the 5-3 win over the St. Croix Valley Fusion, and she had a goal and an assist in the sectional final 3-1 win over the Eau Claire area stars. So for league leading her team and scoring to victory, Sydney Hendricks of the Hudson Raiders and on the boys side, Jake Mark, Nina Hortonville, Menasha, our players of the week. Looking here at Cindy Hen Sydney Hendricks, one goal, one assist in that win over Eau Claire area. That means we're going to have a new girls state champion this year. No, no argument from anybody. Okay, great. <laughs> well, if the previous champion was eliminated. Well, yeah. Eau Claire, Eau Claire area stars were the previous champion, like, champion and they were eliminated. Well, okay. did, didn't um, Hudson have their number during the year? I thought that Hudson beat Eau Claire area twice during the season. Or maybe it was once during the season and once in the playoffs, but um, I, I believe that they handled them. So, uh, you know, maybe not a huge surprise, but um, Hudson coming on strong at the end of the year. Hendricks had a, a great three games and uh, well-deserving of the, the player of the week, which is probably actually more the player of the playoffs. So... Yeah, and I think it's a little it's a little revenge for Hudson because uh, weren't they the the preemptive favorites last year, and then ECA knocked them out to go to the tournament. I believe you're right. I believe you are right. Yeah, yeah. last year, you know, they were uh, the ones that were leading the conference pretty much the entire way. Uh, but even during the regular season. You know, they had tough games against the Stars last year, and this year they're able to turn the table, and they're the ones that are going to that made it down the state. But as Trasher said, and you know, 
as the votes said, you know, Sidney Hendricks is de definitely deserving of the player of the week. And then Jake Mark, three shutouts. That's pretty amazing. And uh, he, so he's our player of the week. And, you know, on the boys' side, it was a good week for uh, goaltenders when you look at what also uh, Garrett Larson did. Uh, two shutouts and gave up two goals in that game against uh, Milwaukee Marquette. That Waukesha won 5-2. to two. And second, third period, believe me, he had his hands full. But um, he, had a good, he had a good week, too. But Jake Mork, fantastic job. He's our boys' player of the week. Well, let's move on. Let's go preview the boys' Thursday quarterfinal games. And, Trasher, why don't you go ahead and start it out? All right. Well, the uh, – <laughs> okay. I have to get my uh, yaya up here to make sure that I know what I'm talking about, which well, sometimes yeah, let's I just don't. Start with, let's just start with game one. Game one, University School, who was the – the number one seed in the tournament against number eight on Alaska. And um, the way we understand it is that all eight teams were seeded, one through eight, and then they, they match up in the tournament as such, one and eight, four and five, two and seven, three and six. Um, U-School, number one versus number eight on Alaska. That will be the first game at 10 o'clock on Thursday. Uh I've seen university school play a couple of times. They just absolutely run over people. Um, have not seen on Alaska play, but they're kind of like a, a sneaky, sneaky good team. You know, they uh, they get in there, and uh, when you least expect it, they, they do something really good. Uh, this, But university school, I don't know. They, they look like they're ready to to run all the way to the championship game here. So uh, first game should be very interesting. Well, I think they'll all be interesting, Michael, but on uh, Alaska did play USM, if I remember correctly, their last regular season game. That's correct, MJ. They, it was a 6-1 to one victory in that game for USM, and USM, I believe they outshot on Alaska 37-14 to 14 in that game. Uh, you know, so it was a game that, you know, score, score and the shots kind of show you that it was dominated by uh, USM. But Onalaska's played some of these other teams that are in the state tournament pretty tight. They uh, have a 3-2 to two loss to Waukesha um, about halfway through the season. They had a 6-5 overtime victory over Eau Claire North during the season. And so, you know, they have their things where they can play them pretty tight. And so, you know, I'm looking for a good game for that first one to start out the quarterfinals. Yeah, that 3-2 loss they took to Waukesha was kind of the quintessential Waukesha game for this season. Onalaska outshot the Wings 43-18. to um, But Garrett Larson uh, was the difference maker in that one. Um, I don't think through their season on Alaska played anybody as deep as university school. Obviously they have the win against Eau Claire North and we all know about staying in Erdahl on North, but North is not as deep as university school is. And um, it'll be interesting to see if, if on Alaska um, picks themselves back up after that loss to U school, because 
Um, it could have just been one of those situations where, you know, they got hit hard at the beginning and, and just kind of faded. Um, that doesn't always happen the second time around. I haven't seen, well, I've seen on Alaska play on TV once this year. I watched their sectional final against Reedsburg on the Cooley Region Sportsnet. Um, but I've seen university school once this year in person and, you know, you talked about how impressive they're that, that, that day I was not impressed with university school. Um, but then neither was their coaching staff. Uh, they were very unhappy with the way they played up in Eagle River against Northland Pines. Um, Northland Pines just looked better than they did that day. And um, if that's the university school that Onalaska runs into, Onalaska is is capable of reversing that 6-1 to loss they took. I'm just looking at our computer rankings here. Um, the stack rankings has university school at number one and on Alaska at number eight. Now that that's uh, Mitch Hawker's U.S. High School Hockey has university school number one, on Alaska at number eight. The stack rankings has university school at number two and on Alaska at number four. So both of the computer rankings give the slight edge to university school also, like all of you guys seem to. Game number two has Verona taking on Eau Claire North. Verona in their third matchup of the season with Sun Prairie, a 5-3 win. And Eau Claire North had to go double overtime to beat Hayward, 3-2. And uh, this is quarterfinal game number two. This one approximately at 12:30. Verona is one of those teams where They've uh, they can fill it up in a hurry. They've got a good defenseman in uh, Jake Osiki, and they also have pretty good goaltending as well. Um, definite improvement on the goaltending end from last year. Uh, Wildcats expect to be around for a little bit in this tournament, and Eau Claire North though they bring those two very talented forwards and a pretty good supporting cast around them to this game, and uh, this one should should be uh, pretty interesting. It's going to be. Yeah, it's, I'm just going to leave it at that. This one's going to be a pretty close game, I feel. Well, uh, on the Eau Claire North side, they have Stang, Sam Stang, who's a, a player of the year finalist with 67 points. Zach Erdahl, he's a junior. He has 61 points. Joey Kohler is uh, one of the line mates, although he's flip-flop between the first line and the second line to try to give him a little more punch. He's a junior. He has 50 points, but then it drops off to 17. So they have three players, basically, that do the majority of the scoring, but they do indeed do the scoring. On the other side, Matt Carolluck with 79 points, or scratch that, 69 points. Apparently the math here on the WIAA website is wrong. Kale Rufinacht, 49. He impressed me in the couple of games I saw him. Uh, Walker Hasig. Uh, 38 points, and uh, our buddy Tony Redland's kid, Leo Redland, with 28 points. So they got a little scoring punch. I think Verona overall has a slight goaltending edge. Uh, Caden Grant over Tyler Schreider, but I've seen Schreider play very well in key games. Um, yeah, it's going to be a close very game. Well. He played very well in overtime against Hayward. I watched that game online. Yeah, and this is – this is a difference. Yeah, this is four and five, so I mean, this is going to be prob in in theory on paper, but you don't play the game on paper. The closest game of the the foursome, but I mean, 
who knows? Uh, should be a good game between two really good teams. Yeah, staying inert all account for 65% of Eau Claire, Eau Claire North's goals for the season. Um, two players, six out of ten goals that the team scores. So really, when if you want to beat them, it comes down to stopping those two guys. And it's a tall order to stop those two because they they are very good. But you also look on the other side of the coin, though. you got uh, Verona with Jake Osiki. And these guys are very familiar with each other from Team Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, Osiki's going to have his hands full, and they're going to have their hands full with Osiki. Well, you, the thing is, uh, the game against Sun Prairie on uh, Saturday, Curry Luck is the one that, you know, I was very impressed with watching him play. You know, I believe he finished that game with two goals and two assists. And one of, one of the assists he made, he – he was coming down the near boards to where I was sitting and made a backhand centering pass uh, where the guy took the shot from basically the top of the circles, but you know, head on at the goalie and hit it just behind the crossbar and in, and for the goal. And it, it was, you know, that second period is, is what changed it. And they, they were two shorthanded goals that they put into the net against Sun Prairie. And so, you know, their penalty kill, you know, is something that, you know, they're, they show they're able to score on, on it, and they are a very fast team and have the players that can uh, put the puck in the net. Yeah, and as Bill said, usually, you know, the, the four and the five seed, those are the ones that we had uh, during the, the, the playoff round. Um, that's where we had the most upsets with the five beating the four, and even our, our computer rankings uh, are mixed. Uh, with this one, the uh, the U.S. high school hockey ranking has has uh, Verona at number seven and Eau Claire North at number thirteen, giving the edge to Verona. And the stack rankings has Eau Claire North at six and Verona at eight, so they give the nod to Eau Claire North, so they can't even decide. I was, you know, I did watch the, you know. Yeah, you talk about Sam Stang and, and Erdahl. Stang had the first goal and then the, the game winner in the second overtime where he kind of uh, sandbagged the defenseman, came into the zone kind of slow, and then put on a burst of speed to get around the defenseman, cut to the net. Uh, the, 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 the Hayward goalie uh, gambled and tried to poke check the puck as, as Stang was coming across the front of the net, but he moved the puck out and then was able to easily just tuck it in the net behind the goalie and send the crowd into a frenzy at that point. Um, Bill, in yeah. that game, yeah, in that game, Bill, I noticed at the end of the game when the goal was scored for the winner, Hayward was very upset about something in that final sequence there. You were, watching it, it you were watching it on the Facebook Live thing too? No, I was watching it on Husky TV. Oh, okay. But, they, uh, yeah, they were um, – I heard him yelling, you know, that, 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 that's not a goal. It's not a goal. I, I watched the play. I saw it like a couple from a couple of different, you know, cameras, apparently from news stations they're covering it. And like I said, Stang went, he drove hard around the defenseman, cut in front. The, the goalie, you know, tried to poke check unless the only thing I didn't see, I suppose, you know, is if when the goalie lunged out to poke check, you know, he also had the foresight, you know, to kick back with his foot and maybe push the net off. Um, but I didn't see that. I don't think anybody said anything about a net being off. But that's 
that's all that I could imagine it could have been because there was no goaltender interference. There was, I mean, it was just staying in the goalie were the only ones around. So unless, right. you know, unless, you know, and I, I've, I've seen goalies that would, you know, do that, you know, go out for the poke check while simultaneously giving the pipe a little kick just in yep. case you miss. Well, but, like, uh, you know how goalies, they kick that leg out to get a little push over and, oh, look at that, net dislodged. Oops. Yeah. But uh, unless that was it, I, otherwise, I mean, there was, there was nothing uh, else going on. I mean, there was, yeah, I heard that. I could hear, I could hear the coaches in the background. Could there have been an offsides on the play? No. No, he was all no? alone. Okay. No, but you're right, Burglar. He, uh, he took that inside move on that defenseman. That defenseman couldn't keep up with him. Move on to game number three. Nina taking on defending state champion Hudson Raiders. Two-time defending state champion. Yeah, two-time. Guys, everybody keeps erasing off Hudson. You know, well, look, they lost here. They lost here. They lost here. Oh, look, they're at state. (laughs) Well, to be fair, compared to their last two seasons, they did lose a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. And, you know... People weren't giving them much of a chance against Superior, especially playing up at Westman, and they beat them. Right, and within the last, uh, let's see, 10 games of the year, they had a two-game losing streak, a two-game winning streak, a three-game losing streak, and a three-game winning streak, and they took care of Superior in the sectional final two to one, and I believe that was a two overtime game. Yes. And they lost to them earlier in the year, actually lost to them twice, three to two in overtime and three to one very early in the season. So Hudson may be peaking at the right time. Um, you know, they, they started out the season, MJ, like you said, uh, where everybody thought they were ready to rock and roll and they'd be right back, and no question about it, they'd be one of the favorites for the state tournament. But, um, you know, with a, a few losses here and there, it definitely looked questionable, but I, I think at the end of the season they, they picked up their game, and now they're going to play against the Nina Hortonville Menasha Rockets. So uh, good for them. The Rockets finally able to get over that hump and get in the state tournament. They've had a couple of good teams the last couple of years, and this year finally able to get in, and they're making their first appearance. Yeah, this is going to be a hard one to predict. Another one you want to you want to erase Hudson because they haven't had that year that they've you know that they've had the last couple of years, but. They well, are the defending state champs. They do have that incentive. You know, the last team to win back-to-back championships was the 94, 95, 96 Superior squad. So Hudson's got to win this one so they can match that one with three in a row. Question for you guys. Superior won the title in 2015. Have they been back to state since? No. Hudson lost to uh, Appleton United in 16 and then won in 17 and 18. So Hudson's come out of... Hudson's come out of... Um, section one. one the last three years and they've gone to the championship game each of the last three years as well this is another one that our our buddies with the computer rankings uh, disagree on 
the stack rankings have Hudson at number 10 and Nina Hortonville Menashe at number 11. So they're virtually, you know, neck and neck. Uh, Mitch Hawker, the U.S. high school hockey one, has Nina Hortonville Menashe way up at number five and Hudson down at number 11. So Mitch gives a big nod to Nina Hortonville Menashe. And the stack rankings give a slight nod to Hudson. I, I watched the game, uh, the, the, the sectional final between Hudson and Superior on the uh, iFan TV, and Hudson really pretty much outplayed Superior that, that entire game. Uh, they outshot him 2-1. Uh, to one. It was like 40-20 to 20 or rough numbers right around that, that margin. Um, they just they just controlled things from the start, and uh, the Superior uh, goal goalie uh, Podven. It wasn't Felix. It was uh, Dayton Podven. Pod, yeah, kept kept them in the game um, as long as he could. Uh, but then he he just he just didn't get a whole lot of support from his teammates. They just didn't really seem that there was. Bill talked about you know no flow in that West Spash game. There was no flow in this uh, Superior versus Hudson game either. It was just. It, it really was. It was kind of an ugly game to watch, and uh, Hudson controlled more of the ugliness than Superior did, and and came away with a with a double overtime win in that one. Well, you look at what the the Rockets have done in their last bunch of games. They've won twelve in a row, and sixteen of their last seventeen, including eight shutouts, and uh, the last four games have all been shutouts, but. Uh, the Raiders have played a tougher schedule. Their their uh, record is more up and down so than the the, the Rockets. But um, you know maybe you know we talked about Jake Moore playing goalie. He's got four shutouts in a row, so he's kind of on a, a, a little streak there, and uh, that's got to come into play maybe a little bit, don't you think, Burglar? Well, I'm just going to – I'm double-checking you here. You're dissing the, the Badgerland Conference and, you know, Nino Hortonville, Menashe's schedule. I'm just going a quick look to see who they've played. They've uh, played a lot of the – University School, Eau Claire North, Eau Claire Memorial, Waukesha, Wausau West, Notre Dame. I don't think you can be really dissing uh, their schedule. No, but that was all early in the year. It was the Stevens Point was February fifth. Yeah, but I yeah that that one one game I think where they had yeah, yeah, they yeah, played yeah. Don't be they played a they no one schedule. one game where they played a top ten team. Everybody else I believe was out of the top ten, but they did go sixteen of seventeen, and that has to count for something. Plus, Mork is seeing. Four shutouts in a row and five out of the last six games. So I mean, he's on fire. Uh, that definitely has to come for something. But I still think that the the Raiders' schedule has been a little bit tougher. Their their record is a little bit less than uh, the Rockets, and uh, you know maybe that has to be taken into account. Not by me. I'm disagreeing with you all the way. And any and we're shocked about you disagreeing, Hal. No, I didn't think so. One of the things, though, guys, that Hudson does have, experience at State. They have plenty of it. Nina's first time there. We'll see if that plays into the equation at all. 
Last boys quarterfinal game, Wausau West against Waukesha. It's either going to be a blowout or it's going to be a really tight game. Wausau West with all the offense and Waukesha with Garrett Larson, who's just been phenomenal, just like Jake Mark. And, uh, you know, Waukesha don't score a whole lot, but they don't give up a whole lot either. And once again, you guys all agree with me. We're, no, we're we're just totally dumbfounded. Um, you transitioned the, faster than we were ready for. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the the Warriors have won ten in a row, and I think they're sixteen out of their last seventeen. They've played a tough schedule. We know the schedule they play. Um, they have goal scores. They have Cade Lemmer, Sam Tackle, Mark Sipple. They've all scored over fifty points, and then it drops off a little bit. On the other side, Waukesha, their leading scorer, Garrett Wilderman, has 27 points. Chad Larson, 24 points. Tyler Dale, I believe is the son of Peter Dale, uh, 23 points. So they do not score a lot of goals, only just a little over three a game. West, on average, about five a game. Um, but like MJ, like you said, Garrett Larson is kind of the equalizer there. He's got a, a 9.35 save percentage. And um, he can win games. He can steal games. We've seen it. We know this is true. Uh, can he steal it from uh, the game from West? That remains to be seen. Waukesha, another team that has lots of state tournament experience. Garrett Larson has lots of state tournament experience. On the other side, Wausau West has state tournament experience as well, um, if I remember correctly. Did they get there last year? No. No? Okay. But they they were there the year before that and probably the year before that. I mean, it's uh, both teams with plenty of experience. Like I said, this is either going to be a blowout in favor of Wausau West or it's going to be a tight game because Garrett Larson made it that way. Yeah, it's, it's either going to be a blowout in favor of Wausau West or a tight game in, in favor of Wausau West. Uh, both of the computer rankings uh, agree on this one. Uh, Mitch has Wausau West at number two. Uh, Waukesha is down at number 17. Uh, the stack rankings have Wausau West at number three, and Waukesha is also at number 17. So, um not on paper, but on on uh, digital paper, uh, Wausau West is clearly the, the, the advantage here. I would agree with that. They clearly have the advantage, but uh, you looked at the X-Factor, Garrett Larson, he can keep a game close. Well, and last time they played, um, West won 3-1, to one, out shooting the wings 42-25. to 25. Um, So that's... I mean, I'm sure West is fully aware of uh, just how one-sided that game was everywhere except the scoreboard, because 3-1 to one is not that big a margin uh, for, for doubling up your opponent on shots. Waukesha, when I watched their game on Friday night, did everything they could. Well, they scored five goals in the first period. I mean, Marquette just wasn't ready. Uh, their goaltender didn't play very well. 
But the second and third period, Waukesha was totally dominated in that game. Waukesha took a ton of penalties. They gave Marquette every opportunity to get back in that game, and they couldn't do it because of Garrett Larson. This guy makes that much of a difference. Well, it was uh, a couple years ago. Well, the, the year uh, Superior won it with the losing record. Uh, in the semifinals, they ran into, I believe, there was the best goalie in the state um, who made a mistake stopping a puck behind the net. Um, yeah, wasn't that scored. Cedar, Cedarburg goalie? It was the only, yeah, it was a one nothing game. That was the only goalie gave up. Who was that goalie? Matt McCoy. Yeah, Matt yeah. McCoy. Um, but he kept, I mean, yeah, he kept, that, that's the only mistake he made the whole game. Uh, it could be that kind of a that kind of a game. He stopped 35 of 37 on Friday night. We'll see if that's good enough to carry into um, Thursday's game against Wausau West. Should be a lot of fun. Dell, you ready to talk some girls? Yes, I am. I had to get myself <laughs> off a get myself off a of mute here. And well, our first sectional, our semifinal here is going to be the Fox City Stars taking on the Cap City Cougars, and you know the semifinal game. This will be the second time this season these two teams have met. Uh, first time was January 5th, in which the Cougars were outshot 21 to 10 in a seven nothing loss. Uh, the firepower that the Stars have. Um, is Jablonski, Horman, and Hull are three players that, you know, uh, I got to see them play against on Alaska earlier this year in one of our game of the weeks. And uh, the article I wrote on there is just called, it was a Jablonski, Horman, Hull show, show out there. Uh, they were that impressive out on the ice. Uh, the Cap City Cougars, they do get back their senior goalie, uh, Jenna Yeager, who had been out a couple weeks with a clavicle issue, but she was cleared to play uh, before the sectional final game, but she um, was sick that entire week. So it was actually Taylor Knox in goal against Onalaska Hilltoppers and a game that went into overtime uh, for a 5-4 win. But it, it was a game in which the Cougars had to battle back from a 3-1 to deficit, took a 4-3 to lead at the end of two, and then gave up one goal in the third to go into the overtime. Fox City Stars, uh, to get here, knocked off the Alliance 5-2 uh, to two in their final. And, you know, at that point, they were ranked number two in the state while the Alliance was ranked number one. So, I mean, they seem to be firing on all their cylinders and are ready to take on this uh, chance of winning state. Hey, Dell, I will tell you what the key to this game is going to be. Hattie Burnt in that for Fox Cities. If she plays like she played against the Alliance, she only allowed two goals. I believe she was 20 of 22. She played an outstanding game. Um, there's a lot of firepower on that, that Alliance team. She kept them out of the net. We know that Fox City stars are going to score their goals. Um, but uh, not to put any pressure on you, Hattie, but I think it's your game. I think if you play like you did on Friday night, I think you win this game. So that's kind of my opinion. 
not to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to put all the pressure on you. Nah, she's not listening to this anyway. I, I, I haven't seen Cap Cities play because they're down south. I don't get down south that often. I did see the Fox City Stars play, and they are fast. Um, they they cover a lot of ice and move the puck very well. Um, it, bo- both both of the, I mean, actually the for this we have the uh, we have Mitch Mitch Hawker has his his high school hockey, team, and he has the Fox City Stars ranked third in the state, and the Cap City Cougars at 11, and then the uh, my hockey rankings agrees. Uh, three for Fox Cities and eleven for the Cap City Cougars. So, in the in the girls' side, uh, with not as many teams and the talent seem to be uh, the the difference between three <clears throat> excuse me between three and eleven on the girls' side is a lot greater than the difference between uh, being ranked three and being ranked eleven on the boys' side. Um, just because it's, it's a smaller field, that that's a huge that's a huge gap, and I don't see. Uh, Cap City being able to overcome that. I didn't get a chance to see either team this year, but what I've heard about Fox City Stars, some people who have seen them, and the same thing you that you guys said, fast, very fast, and they can fill it up in a hurry. Well, maybe maybe I was a little bit hasty, banana, in that uh, Hattie Burnt thing, um, but I, I also did hear from a couple of people that Jeff Fox is a, a great coach and he's the, the Fox city stars coach. He's got the team named after him. That's pretty cool. Uh, but they, they, they like him as a coach and he definitely has gotten the, the, the most out of his talent. But I mean, let's face it, Jablonski, Horman, Hall, they are, I think arguably probably the top line in the state this year. Um, Dell has seen them play. I've seen them play. They are they're fast, they're quick, and they stick the puck in the net. So uh, maybe Hattie, we're gonna take the the pressure off you because um, guys will probably score six goals or something stupid like that. So uh, should be a good game. But yeah, after all of that, I'm gonna give Fox City's the little edge there. See, I I, I heard that that Jeff Fox was just a figurehead and that Chris McGurk is really the, the guy that makes that team go. <laughs> At least that's, that's what, that's what, you know, one, some nameless hockey official told me at one point this season that, you know, it's all that success is, you know, because of Chris McGurk. Yeah. Well, Chris McGurk also goes out the next day and calls a couple of penalties. So, I mean, what, what, what is he know, right? I think he called two penalties in that game, so. Game just giving two. you crap. Just giving you crap, Chris. You're a good guy. We love you. See, I'm trying to move on so Trasher gets in trouble so he can't come back and cover his tracks there. But. All right. Delmar, girls' second game. Central Wisconsin Storm against Hudson. The Storm. What can we say about the Storm? This has got to be close to their 15th straight year there, isn't it? I mean, I'm not sure how many straight years they've been there, but it's been quite a, quite a streak, you know, between Danny Drake, um, Jana Wimmer, and now Coach Susan's. You know, that, that's a streak for the Storm being down there. But uh, taking on Hudson, they actually met uh, be 20, 
20 days ago, three weeks ago, uh, come Friday, they played on Friday, February 8th, in which the Storm won that game 4-1. to one. Uh, This is just one of those games I haven't seen Hudson play at all this year. I've gotten to see the Storm play one time against the Metro Lynx, and they won that game 5 nothing win over the Lynx. But like I said, looking at the this website called uh, Wisconsin Prep Hockey shows that there was a final game on the 8th where the Storm won that one 4-1. to one. Now we've got our uh, sectional player of the week, Sidney Hen- Hendricks from Hudson, is going to be out there playing. And, you know, we know that they're able to put up points and everything. And this should be an interesting game. And I wouldn't be surprised to see this one be a 3-2 to two game. But I'm leaning towards the Storm taking, on, taking this one home to see a p- potential championship game between the Storm and the Stars. But, you know, what do I know? You last, I think I probably have the worst picks of the crew last year and stuff well, Del, down there at Madison. If you had read my sectional final recap, you would know that the Storm have gone to the state tournament every year since 2008, making this their 12th straight appearance. It's kind of Eau Claire Memorial-like. Yeah. It seems funny we're not talking about them being there this year. They'll be yes, back. But, yes, but we, we, we all knew that you would find some way of bringing them up. No, no. No, we were talking <laughs> we were talking about the time when uh, Memorial lost in overtime and Mason had a meltdown. Burglar, I know you remember that. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> team I want to win always lose. The teams that I want never win. You live in Wisconsin, buddy. Get used to it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our look at uh, Cash, the game. This game. Yeah, we're not done yet. Oh, okay. Well, keep going then. You know, Dell mentioned Del mentioned that the Storm beat Hudson earlier, four to one. Shots in that game were twenty-two to nineteen. It was fairly evenly played. Um, looking at the period by period summary, it looks like Hudson came out really slow and then picked it up by the third period. So. Um, you know, if they play a whole game instead of just the third period, uh, they should narrow that gap. Uh, I think they've got a shot. Um, I was at the, the Storm's sectional final game, and while there was a clear talent gap between the Storm and the Union, um, I don't think the Storm actually played all that well. Uh, they had real trouble getting the puck inside and getting good shots in on goalie Pistol Cowden. Um the two goals they scored, one of them that was on a power play, it was from the point, it was through traffic. Uh, the other one was from the point, it hit off the pipe and got in. But, I mean, they were basically, you know, that pipe away from this game going to overtime um, against a team where there was a pretty big talent gap. Um, what I saw is, is a team that played good defense and transitioned well out of that defensive zone. But once they got in the offensive zone, they had real problems getting the puck to the net. And that, that's that been a problem for them this season, that 4-1 to one win over I mean, uh, against Hudson early. I mean, 4-1, to one, four goals for them is a lot. Um, they do not score much. When I looked at the – when you look at the – just looking at the playoff uh, stats, you, you don't see – you don't see their players um, – you know, with, with with a lot of points, um, the uh, this is one where the 
the the, com the computer rankings are mixed. The My Hockey rankings has Hudson at number four in the state and Central Wisconsin at number six. And U.S. High School Hockey has Central, has Central Wisconsin at number one and Hudson down at number seven. So uh, Jeff and Mitch are disagreeing on this game. Yeah, it's like early in the season, the Storm were putting in four, five, six goals a game pretty consistently, and then December 20th hit, 2-1-1-1-2-2-1, five against Don Alaska, five against Black River Falls, then back down to one, two, two, five against the Metrolinx. I mean, they had a just a huge stretch in the middle of the season there where they were two goals a game. Their, their, their season average is 3.8 goals per game. That's That's pretty low for them. Here's what I'm seeing. Uh, the Storm, uh, just over three goals a game. Hudson, just over three goals a game. The save percentages for the starting goalies, Hudson, 9-14. Storm, 9-13. Um, the number I'm going to maybe just put out there to for your conversation and maybe your thoughts on this, 658. That would be the number of wins that the Storm coach has in his high school career. Could that be the difference right there, gentlemen? No, he doesn't get to, he doesn't get to play. <laughs> That's true, he doesn't. He doesn't get to play, but I'll tell you what, he has a heck of an influence. The Storm has a 7.9% power play percentage this year. Their PK at eighty five percent. Their peak their PK's at eighty five, which is good, but their power plays at seven point nine. I mean that's that's bad. I mean, Hudson's PK is at eighty one, so a couple points lower, but their power plays up at twenty five percent, which is kinda of where you expect a power play to be. Um the Storm almost would rather play at full strength or both teams full strength that it would appear. Because, <laughs> yeah, seven point nine percent that's that's real problems on your power play. Um, and going back to that sectional final game, the best the best offensive stretch I saw in that game didn't lead to a goal, but it was the Wisconsin Valley Union's power play late in the third period. They controlled the puck phenomenally. They got several good shots in on goal. Uh, they just couldn't put it in. Um, that was the best stained, sustained offensive performance of that whole game. Um, so, you know, the Storm, they've been there a lot. They're They're a good team. They've already beaten Hudson once, but... Um, this is not, I don't think, the invulnerable Storm team we've seen in the past. With a 7.9 power play? Yeah, I would have to agree with that, Junior. You know, those good teams that win state championships usually have pretty, you know, pretty good power plays, but, you know, they are the Storm. They find a way to get it done. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they won at all. I'm just saying that, you know, there have been years that they've gone down there where they're the presumptive favorite, and I don't think this year is one of them. Um, but, like we already said, they did beat Hudson 4-1 to once already, and it was not that long ago. Okay, guys, you all chimed in on the girls now? Good. 
All right. Next item up for discussion, the WIPH End of Season Awards. Junior, you are up to talk about that. Yes, I just wanted to remind everybody that our awards ceremony will be Saturday, March 2nd at 9 a.m. at the Coliseum Bar and Banquet Hall across the street from the uh, Lion Energy Center there in Madison. Uh, it usually takes us about 45 minutes. Um, everybody is invited, public um, fans, friends, whoever. Um, usually we have a pretty good turnout of the nominated players. Um, we should see that again this year. Several of the, the nominated players are down at the tournament. Um, usually even some of the other ones come down to Madison because they're going to be at the tournament anyway. Um, but if you're in the area, come on and, and see us. Uh, it's always a fun time to see these kids get their awards. I'm excited. There's some with some pretty good voting and uh, you know some pretty close races for these awards. So we will be giving those away Saturday morning at the Coliseum, Coliseum Bar, right? Yep. And it's always exciting for me because while I did the tabulation and I know who won on the boys' side, I have no idea who won on the girls' side. I submitted my votes. Dell may have sent it to us, but if he did, I ignored it intentionally. Um, so. <laughs> because I want to be surprised. I want to be in the, you know, I want to, I don't want to ruin the surprise for myself. Okay. So, yeah. Del, did you send it out? No. No? I have so the tabulations he, all sitting there. He doesn't and... usually tell us. Okay. And the only reason I have I to tell Dell is because Dell's in charge of ordering the awards. So, he, he I have to and blow it, the surprise it, for him. And if if I didn't, if I didn't have to order them, I wouldn't know who won the boys. I'd be happy with that. Okay. I, I, I like surprises. All right. Del, girls' banquet's coming up. When is when do they hold the girls' banquet? Girls' banquet is Thursday evening. Um, actually, you know, and they'll do their coach of the year that night. They'll do their all state teams, uh, and. And uh, the Miss Hockey Wisconsin uh, will all be announced that evening. And hopefully, you know, we get an invite to go over there. For One of us get to go over there and have a good meal, listen to the coaches talk about their teams getting ready to play the next morning. And we get some good photos and be able to put up on the website showing who won these awards. Del, uh, the, on the girls' side, when does the Jeff Sauer Award come out? The Jeff Sauer Award, I'm not sure. I would think that would be the that banquet. Might, that might be a, a, a trasher question. He might have a little more information on that than I do. Yeah, the Jeff Sauer Award will be announced at the Boys' Banquet on Wednesday evening at the Alliant Exhibition Hall. I believe it's Room A, where it has been the last couple of years. And... Uh, there's there's no difference between the boys and the girls in in this award. The the players are all nominated and they're kind of all grouped together. And last year I believe there was two boys and two girls as the finalists. And Shane Ryan from Madison Edgewood, a goalie, won the Jeff Sauer Award last year. Um, this year Tony Granado actually is going to be announcing the award. So that'll be Wednesday night at the, the Boys State Tournament slash Player of the Year Banquet, which 
our own MJ Hammett will be attending and covering for us. Well, I didn't know Tony Granato was going to be there. I'm still not going to be there. Oh, I got some things to talk to Tony about. Uh-oh. He, he and I go back. <laughs> we go back a ways. Just a little. Not too far. Um, okay. Uh, awards, banquets, and all that good stuff. Um, Wednesday night for the boys. Thursday night for the girls. Michael, our last item up on the docket for tonight. Talk. Begging for money, I know. Uh, Wisconsin Prep Hockey um, basically is uh, a, an organization that we, we make a couple of dollars every year on ad revenue. We don't get rich from this. We don't make millions. We, we'd like to, but we don't. Um, my goal 18 years ago was to at some point quit my day job so I could do this full time, but that's not happening. It's probably never going to happen until I retire. Then it can be my full time job. But um, if you like Wisconsin prep hockey, if you like the job that we do, if you like our coverage and you want to help us out with some, it cover some of our expenses, uh, feel free to donate a few bucks here or there to Wisconsin prep hockey. I believe burglar or junior will will pop up a donation button on the website for you to do just that and uh we'd appreciate it uh we wisconsin prep hockey forever has been a free site and we've always been of the opinion that if um if you want to donate to us that's great if you don't that's that's fine too uh we're never going to make you pay for our coverage but if you like what we do send a couple bucks our way so we can maybe drink a couple beers down at the state tournament and uh, have a good time, and we'll, we'll thank you kindly for it. So that's all I got to say about that, guys. Quick reminder that Wyndham Garden is the official state tournament headquarters of Wisconsin Prep Hockey as well. We sure appreciate their help this year. So, guys, uh, anything else you want to uh, talk about? Or are we just going to get ready for Wednesday? I don't really have anything else to talk about. Looking forward to seeing uh, some of the people down at the state tournament. And once again, we'll be in our suite there at the state tournament. And feel free to stop in and say hi to us. You know, we're always willing to talk and say hi and hear what you like about what we've done throughout the year or what you wish we did a little bit better. I'm antisocial. Don't talk to me. Burglar isn't that bad. He's not always a jerk. Not always. Not always. Usually. Trasher, he just is a social butterfly. And me, well, I just don't know when to shut up, I guess. But, hey, we got that state tournament coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun this year. Stop by and see us. We always look forward to saying hi and, you know, glad hand with everybody and all that happy stuff. So feel free to stop by. And, uh we will uh, be talking to you again. Uh, when are we going to do this again, guys? Thursday night after everything's been said and done on Thursday? Yes. Yes. We will hash over Thursday's quarterfinal games for the boys. So for the Berg boys, for Trasher, for Ordell, I'm Mike Hammett. See you on Thursday. Should be a lot of fun. Quarterfinal Thursday.
and you can catch all the action and stuff right here on Wisconsin Prep Hockey.